You are listening to the Mashed Avocado Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Mashed Avocado Podcast, a show where we meet people with interesting stories from around the world. I'm your host, Srini, and today we have with us John Wilkins, voiceover artist, audiobook narrator, and a comedian. John, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great, John. How's the weather the other side of the world? Um, it's frigidly cold. Um, so it was snowing, it stopped snowing, and now it's just like 14 degrees out. So um, Fahrenheit. So, Fahrenheit, uh, 14 degree that, Fahrenheit. Like negative would be, five or something. That'll be a negative 10. Wow. Ten. Oh, hey. I'm off on my conversion. <laughs> Here in uh, Melbourne, Australia, it's a beautiful 30 degrees Celsius. It's warm. Oh, summer. So, warm. so this yeah, is summer right. for us. Great to know about yourself, John. Uh, where are you from? Which part of the world I'm, are you from? I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. And... Uh, I uh, I grew up here and then I moved out to Colorado for about 20 years and then moved back here. And uh, yeah, Baltimore is an interesting place, East Coast. So uh, it's, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen The Wire, it's uh, fairly accurate. Um, it's uh, nothing's too implied in that show. There's a there's a lot going on, but uh, it's a uh, it's a it's an all right place. Weather usually stays fairly moderate, so uh, like this is about as cold as it'll ever get. But uh, summer gets kind of warm, and uh, I don't know. it's. Uh, and if I were to ask you, what's Baltimore famous for? Uh, murder and crabs. So uh, not in that order necessarily, but uh, um, blue crabs, that's like the, the Maryland thing. So like Old Bay seasoning comes from uh, Baltimore, um, right outside of Baltimore, actually, like right down the street from where I live in uh, Cockeysville, Maryland. It's where all your Old Bay's coming from. But uh, uh, crabs, that's uh, seafood because we're, uh, we've got that Chesapeake Bay. It's, uh, it's wonderful. <laughs> but, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. And uh, murder, that's the other thing. But uh, it's we're trying to get better at that. I mean, not better at murder, but, you know, better at, like, not having murder. So, uh, yeah. Please tell us about yourself. How did you get into this? I mean, how did this whole thing start? I started out just a regular person and uh, got married and then uh, got divorced and then started doing comedy. And then people kept saying, oh, you should, like, look into voice acting or whatever. And then I was trying to figure out ways to not like, um, have to go into an office every day. And, uh, unfortunately I still do go into an office every day, but, uh, um, I, when I start after I started doing comedy, I started narrating some audiobooks and doing some other things. And I was in a farmer's only commercial. If you've ever heard of them before, it's like a online dating service for farmers in America, which is pretty crazy. I played a horse and, uh, that was fun, but yeah, I just, uh, I finally did enough stuff myself, put together like a a little bit of a demo reel that got me to the point where I could get some jobs that were a little bit better and then got a professionally done demo reel. And uh, 
I do some coaching, like get coaching. I don't do coaching, like because I claim to not know what I'm doing. But uh, the um, I don't know. It's a tough industry though, because everybody is, especially with the pandemic. It started out where people found out you could do it, and then they're like, you know, someone tells you you have a good voice, and then you try to do it, and then things like Fiverr. They uh, they come up and you can get a good voice for a low price when you think about, you know, voice actors back in the day, just like comedians back in the day. Like you walk into a room and you make twenty five thousand dollars or something. It's not like that anymore. So you get like a voiceover gig and you're competing with people that are doing it on Fiverr. Um, so it's just interesting. So I decided I was like I was on Fiverr for a while and I made too much money to get to the level two. So I just got back on and started shooting things out and saying, I'll do things cheap so I can get enough to get to the level two to see if it makes a difference. <laughs> so anything you can, I have a couple agents. Um, they send me audition after audition. And I swear it's like auditioning into a, a void. So you never really hear anything back unless you get the gig. And then, you know, maybe they want you the next time. Maybe they don't. So there's a lot of people out there and uh, a lot of actors got into it, like big actors. So like that makes it difficult. So It's also a double-edged sword because if you go back a decade or two ago, getting into this industry, it was hard. There was no way to open the doors, but what technology has done is it's it democratized. Yeah. Uh, what's your thought on that? I don't know, like, I think it's good. There's, um, I mean, I wouldn't have gotten any gigs if I had, like, if it wasn't for being able to go out and buy a, like a blue spark microphone and a, like a mixer and whatever else and hack my way through auditioning for things on like the ACX platform that that's what like feeds into, um, audible. So if you're an author, which is, I mean, that's a double-edged sword also because, like, anybody can say they're an author. Like, scrape a whole bunch of information off the Internet, say they wrote a book, and then pay you very little to narrate it. But then they're, it's a numbers game also. So it's just like everything in the world. There's people that are legitimately doing things, and there's people that are, you know, trying to figure out how to get the most out of a system that's available. So you just kind of have to be careful. I guess I did a, uh, this is kind of funny. I did a medical marijuana book right before the pandemic, but the person disappeared. And I don't know if they just forgot that they wrote the book or if like the COVID got them or whatever, but like every like three or four months I reach out, I'm like, Hey, you want to, you know, finalize that book? <laughs> Cause I don't know. It's just a, it, it's a weird platform you don't really know if you're dealing with authors but it, when you are you know you are because it's like they'll give you real direction and like it's like uh they don't have strange names attached to the authors of the books so it's interesting there's so many cryptocurrency books out there that i think were all written by one person with like five thousand different like like ghost writing names or something and they're like oh, about cryptocurrency and blah 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 so I narrated like six of them, so it's like, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Getting into the head of a voiceover artist, uh, how do you approach a script? 
Yeah, no, it's interesting. I It used to be that I would look at it and I'd say, oh, this is what it should sound like. And, you know, this is what someone buying insurance would like. And then I got some good, legitimate coaching. And then I realized that every script is really, you look at it and you pick it apart and you find key words that are in it and you like make it sound real because they don't, nobody seems to want an announcer anymore. They want somebody who's just going to talk to you. And, you know, like the, the all state guy, he just, he just sounds like he's going to take care of you. Like, and, um, it's, it's kind of changed the, the whole announcer voice, the inner world type thing. Like it, it's definitely there. And like people, use it for movies and this and that, but the conversational thing is really what people seem to want these days. So um, like one thing my, my coach told me was you do the script, then you do it again and then whisper it into the microphone. Like you're telling somebody in the back of a movie theater, but you don't want other people to hear you, but they, you want to trust the person or whatever. So it's, um, it's interesting. Like, um, down at the, however you can make the script something that you wrote, basically, even though you didn't write it. So find the feeling in there, even if it's like fake. Like if like you can't think of like like what it's like to ride a horse, think what it's like to ride a bike. I guess I don't know. Like get yourself into whatever you're doing. The rise of AI machines for voiceover. Of late, I've seen many ads where it goes, it's text to voice. What has that done to the industry and what's your take on it? Um, I think a lot of people probably are fine with it because they don't care too much about what the product is that they're putting. I mean, the same people that like back when they had a voicemail and they would just leave that like robot voice on there. Um, so some people just don't care and they don't care what other people think and they're just selling something and you know, that's fine, but it's not authentic at all. So like you can sort of make it sound like stuff, but you can tell it's not real. I think it's kind of like, I mean, I've got this terrible concept in life where everything is kind of the same, but it's just like, you know, I was in direct marketing for a long time and there's always the person who goes in, sells somebody on something, does a terrible job or like, you know, gets over on them somehow or whatever. So then they're scared to deal with anybody else. And like AI, I think is kind of like that where people will buy the software and they think they got all this stuff. And then all their friends are like, Hey, I saw your commercial the other day. It sounds like you got robots running the place. And then you're like, Oh, I should probably go back and get a real person to do that. So you're spending twice as much money just to figure out that it's probably not going to work. But I think the AI companies are going to do just fine. You know, like, it's like, like they won't have any problems. There's always going to be people buying it. Right. Uh, it, it might work for e-learning. It might work for a certain monotonous piece of work. But when it comes yeah. to getting people's attention and actually uh, the layer of emotion, mm -hmm. uh, nothing beats real voice. Yeah. No, they had AI at the, the company I work for when they do their training and whatever else they had. AI on some stuff and some stuff was just real. And the real stuff, like, you kind of care. Like, I don't know. I hear a robot voice and I'm like, hmm. Hey, nice. <laughs> I, guess I just sort of start tuning it out a little bit because what? how important can the thing they be saying if they just have a robot saying it? 
<laughs> Advice for beginners and starters who who want to get into this space. What are the rules or tips that you recommend that people should follow to do really well in this industry? Um don't record anything right away that you're going to send to anybody ever. Like until you know that like just because someone says you have a good voice doesn't mean people necessarily want to hear you. It took a while and I think it takes a while for everybody. I find the comedy is the same way that like you go up and you did your first set and you throw it up on YouTube and people are like, you weren't funny. <laughs> it's like, Oh, and like I never did comedy before. It's like, well then why'd you throw it up on YouTube? You know, like know what you're doing before you actually, you know, just because someone said it, like it's, everybody in the voiceover industry has a, good, unique voice in some way. So just because your voice is good doesn't mean everybody else doesn't also have a good voice. It's like that same concept of uh, your boss is like, why were you late to work? And you're like, there was traffic. And you're like, well, we all drove through traffic. You know, like it's, there's just a learning curve. So you, you, you figure out how to absorb it. You practice with scripts, you do all that stuff. You move on to self-record some sort of demo when you sound good and run it by people. They like it, like maybe throw it up on ACX or audition for some books and just work your way up and get some coaching. Definitely. Like coaching will change your life. Like you'll look at the way that you do things and you're like, Oh, they, that's not the way you want to hear it. <laughs> so, and like some of the coaches are just people, you'll find them all over Fiverr that are just like, they found some success. So they're coaching you on how to make money on Fiverr doing voiceover, but like find a real coach, like a voice acting coach that will teach you that when you're reading the script, you're like just talking to this one person who's like just dying for a break on their Medicare. And like, how do you get in their head? So it's really acting. It's not just, I got a good voice and I'm, you know, I want everybody to hear it because literally nobody cares what your voice sounds like. Like, like who's sitting around like Googling, Hey, the best voice actors, like one time when you're all drunk, like, and then like, other than that, you're like, you're like, okay. And then you find your own voice and then you keep, you know, you do that. Like I've been told a million times, you're like, Oh, like, he, like you could do a good Sam Elliott. And I'm like, yeah, and so could Sam Elliott. So like, why would I ever get a job that he's going to get? And I'm sure he doesn't have a, a bottom line. It's like, if they want him, it'll be like, you know, he's going to win the job. So they, there's a lot of people that sound alike, I guess, but everybody sounds like themselves. So I don't know. I probably sound like Sam Elliott as much as I sound like, Sam Shepard. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't, I don't think it matters. Like what people are telling you and don't compare yourself to other people because like I, my buddy, Brad is a great voiceover for like kids books for like anything bright e-learning, like stuff like that. And I always joke around with them. I'm like nobody wants like gruff sounding guy to like teach them how to like log into their email or something like that. They want someone like, like, Hey, you know what your email needs? Like, I just don't talk like that. So like to fake it, there's a lot of other people that are doing that very well. That's just not my wheelhouse. So I figure one day they'll come to me and they'll be like, 
we got this Western and we want you to do the narration in the background. And I was like, thank God. Like, <laughs> like what I've always worked for. So, yeah, it's all a dream. In terms of equipment, what's your advice for people who are obsessed in getting the best and the biggest? Um, I think just just make sure you get something that's like an XLR mic. Don't get a USB mic. Like no matter what people tell you, there's like latency and like uh, processing stuff that goes on in those mics. A lot of times that don't on an XLR mic. This here is my newest mic. This Ashton, whatever this thing is, Origin, no, Spirit. I I had a blue, and I feel like and this is sounds stupid, but. In the industry, I feel like if you have blue written on your equipment list, they're like, eh, because they make the Yeti and all those other things, so they just assume you're not using a good mic. Um, this mic sounds amazing, and it's not that expensive compared to, like, uh, you can go out and buy yourself, a, like, a Nyman, like, 103 or 102, and those things sound so good that everybody will just hear how terrible you are. Like all the things you don't know what to do to like make your voice sound good or like what you have in like all the clicks, like your, if your room isn't like a hundred percent perfect, like you hear a pin drop. So like if you buy too good of stuff, like you gotta have the setup for it also. Like a lot of those mics shouldn't be outside of a like professional studio. So like this mic, I can put, anywhere probably and like some of those like i had a blue wood uh bluebird and it was good i just like this better like it sounded better for my voice it's english so it's classy <laughs> like, <I don't> know. <laughs> but uh and i got a macbook so and i only got a um a new one because the m1 chip is so cool but I got it super cheap so like you don't have to have great equipment and any seasoned voiceover person will say they started out in a closet with a crappy and it's not crappy like a audio technica like 2020 which costs like $99 they're great they they sound great like if you have a good voice and you know how to use it like it doesn't really matter the mic but uh, I would definitely stay away from USB and I don't Just do any small. editing with headphones. <laughs> like I don't, um, I have monitors cause I like, I like hearing it like, like playing, but I do have headphones that I use, but I hate the sound of my voice and my headphones. So, uh, so keep it simple when you get starting yeah. off. I think so. Yeah. Like you can easily spend 300 bucks if you already have a computer, cause it doesn't matter what computer you have, you can get audacity. So, uh, it's free. You can spend $300 on top of that, get equipment, and sound great. I believe you do a number of voices. Any favorites that you've got? Um, just like the cowboy guy for some reason. I just, like, I always break into it. And I did this thing, of, I don't know, it was a few years back for the um, Oklahoma Beef Council. They did this, like this little video on ranch dogs and they had me and they like, I had this guy doing a live session with me and it was great. It was so much fun, but uh, he drew out this cowboy voice that like I 
like I always like messed around with or whatever, but I, I loved doing it. And when I, and the first thing my voiceover coach told me after, cause I was after I did that was stop doing that voice. <laughs> like, cause it's not my voice. It's like a voice someone had me do. So if I'm going to do a character, then do it. But if I'm like auditioning for something, it's like, don't throw that voice at them. Like they don't want to hear that. Like it's like same thing. Like if they want to hire Sam Elliott, they would like, they don't want to hire, you know, Jewish guy from like, Baltimore, Maryland doing a cowboy voice on top of like, like I can, I can draw it out and and whatever else, but it's kind of fake. So like as a character and I like, I've got some video games where I've done some like, like yelling voices and things like that. And it's funny to get into it, but it's like, it's not if you saw me on the street, like, and you were like, do that voice. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I'll do it in the studio. Like, so, and it's funny. There's a couple of games, like my kids downloaded them so they could play them with like me screaming. I was like five or six different monkeys in this one game. There was, uh, I can't remember. It was like clan of apes or like, some, I don't know. It was, it was really silly. And each like thing that I said was so short, like, cause I don't even know how long the characters last in that game, but, um, and I wasn't very good at it. So I didn't even get to all my characters. That's great. That's great. Thanks, John. And for the audience, where can they find you? I've made it really easy. You can actually just go to my name, johnwilkins.com. And then like all my, my demos there and like, you can link to all my stuff and whatever. So, uh, cause I've got like, it, it, I've got a handle for like my Instagram and everything that's funny because it's true, but it's all spelled wrong because it's like F U N N I C U Z I T S T R U because I thought it was clever, <laughs> like, but it, I realized it was just a huge pain in the neck. So uh, I got the domain for johnwilkins.com, I think this past year. It used to be John Wilkins Reads, but now it's John Wilkins. And uh, I was psyched because this naked photographer had it before me named John Wilkins. And I don't know if he was like naked when he was taking the pictures or if he was taking pictures of naked people. But either way, he no longer has that. So um, it's now mine. So hopefully they're looking for a naked photographer and they find my voice. Like, <laughs> Thank you for joining us great having you in this session yeah thank you for our audience you know where to find john if you missed that uh, we will have the details in the description excellent thank, thank you very you. much you were listening to the matched avocado podcast excellent have a good night good night good night